the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Most of us probably have some experiences with shyness. I'm talking about that sense of awkwardness or uneasiness felt when in the company of others. The question is, why do we feel shy and how do we overcome it? I'm Darshan Johan and this is Today I Learned. On the show with me today is Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist. Welcome to the show, Dr. Joel. How would you define shyness? Hi, Darshan. Thanks for having me. So shyness is defined as a sense of uh, anxiousness or uneasiness like, in social interactions, right? Mm-hmm. So when you put yourself out there and when you're around other people, there's this feeling or this sensation that, oh, I, I don't want to be here. It's, I don't like this, this situation, this social situation I'm in. And that's when the shyness comes about, like, the hesitance to be around other people. And does shyness serve a function? I'm wondering why this feeling exists in the first place. I think shyness exists for a few reasons. Like. I think, and if you, you dig deeper a little bit in the, the origins of shyness, or well, at least where it comes from is the sense of anxiety like, that has the, the, the fear, like, right? And if you think about it, anxiety, fear, it's functional because it keeps us safe. It keeps us in a situation where we don't put ourselves in danger and whatever you like that sense, like, right? So if we look at it from that perspective, then what does shyness do? Shyness keeps us from putting ourselves in social situations that it might make us feel embarrassed or get us in situations where we get in trouble, for example, right? So it's almost like a way to it's, it's a way to keep us uh, cautious, like keep us safe in that sense, right? Because right. if we weren't shy, for example, if there was no such thing as shyness, we'd be all running around, you know, um, doing silly things, for example, wearing inappropriate things, uh, saying inappropriate things, and th- all that kind of things, like, right? So that's how I think it can be helpful, right? Right. In, in to some way, TV, like, of course, excessive shyness and all that's a different story altogether. Like. Right. So, Dr. Joel, are some of us inherently shy? In other words, are we born shy? Um, I don't think so. I think that it's a social construct in so much that it's something that we are... I mean, the the, the, the basic, the primal emotion is obviously fear and anxiety that I talked about just then, right? But in terms of shyness specifically, when we talk about it in terms of or in relation with social interactions, that's something that's taught lah, in that sense, right? We are taught from a young age. Like, for example, you know, growing up, I'm sure your parents would say things like this as well. Um, don't do something naughty, don't do something bad. You know, the police will come catch you. Don't say something silly or not. People will laugh at you, for example, right. and things like that, right? So I think in that aspect, that social aspect or learning how to be embarrassed or anxious around other people, that's something that's taught to us. But again, like, underlying that is that primal nature of fear and anxiety, right? Mm. Now, if let's say, for example, this person was not, uh, like hypothetically speaking, not thought to be afraid of social situations, would they still be shy? I think that's an interesting question, right? Because uh, fundamentally, we know to be afraid, we know to be anxious, we know to be right. scared. 
Will that translate to shyness in the future? That's a really interesting question. I would suggest, I would think probably yes, but probably not in the same definition of what we know it, uh, you know, in popular culture, like in the sense of mainstream culture, in that sense, right? right? Maybe some other variation. So instead of being socially embarrassed, it could be something more about, more primal, right? Will this person harm me? Will this person hurt me, for example? So maybe on that kind of level, rather on the social level. Right. And if shyness is largely learned behaviour, why are some people more shy than others? I think it's the level of anxiety that's been instilled in this life, right? So, for example, if you have a kid that grows up and, and you know, the, the people around them, the parents, the family members and all that, always tell them to mind their place, don't speak out a turn, um, don't don't say what's on your mind because people will laugh at you or people will judge you. And that's something that's been drilled into them from day one. Then naturally, they are going to be a lot more shy than people who have been encouraged from an early age to express yourself. Uh, talk about what you want to do, talk about your dreams, your aspirations, go and dance and sing and perform and what have you in that sense, right? So I think it's really like, like what you said earlier on, like, it's a learned behavior. It's so it's what people also teach you like, in that sense, like, right? Ultimately, if you're thought to be afraid and to be cautious, then naturally that shyness is going to be amped up quite a bit, right? As opposed to someone who's been always been encouraged to perform, to, to, to be out there, to stand out. And then naturally from there, then the shyness will be diminished somewhat like, in that sense. Right. So what exactly causes shyness? I know you brought up the word um, anxiety a couple of mm. times, but why? What, what is the cause, you know, for... Um, are there different causes um, that, that affects why some, pers- some people are more shy than others, for example? I think fundamentally, the, the, the anxiety thing that I mentioned just then, I think that's the root cause of it all. But I think if we move a little bit further from that, being shy or, or maintaining that shyness, I think what that does for us is that it keeps us socially sound, socially secure. So it's very selfish in that sense, right? So the more shy I am, the less I put myself out there. It means I don't stick out, right? It's like Japan, that Japanese saying that it's quite popular. Uh, what The nail that sticks out gets hammered in, you know, right. I think that's how or something along those lines, right? So I think in that sense, like, I think that's where that shyness comes from. Like, because, you know, if we put ourselves out there, that means we are putting ourselves in a situation where we might be targeted, we might be judged, we might be persecuted like, in that sense, right? So I think that's where it's helpful like, in that sense, like, because that's when it allows us to stay safe, so to speak, right? So you take that plus the anxiety factor that we talked about, anxiety naturally keeps us a bit more cautious, keeps us to hold back in that sense, right? So you combine the two together, I think that's where shyness will come from in most cases, like, right? Obviously, there are other uh, iterations of this, of course. The one that we mentioned earlier on was when it's taught to us by parents and family members right. and all that. Sometimes it can be learned behavior as well. So that means you put yourself out there, like you go for an open mic, for example, and things like that, and then you get laugh off stage, right? Mm. Naturally, that can be a lesson that we learn and then we become, we incorporate that in the part of our life. So then our shyness level amps up even more. Again, that, but then ultimately what happens also is that matter of choice, right? That, that personal choice that people want to do. Some people might get laugh off the stage and say, hey, that's the motivation, that's the catalyst for me to work harder, try harder, and make sure that I succeed the next time. Other people completely withdraw, right? So you've got a few elements here. Like one is the underlying anxiety that all of us have. Next one is whether it's a learned behavior or something that you've been taught, for example. And the third one is choice. What do you do about it, right? So even though shyness is something that is quite fundamental in its uh, root cause, which is anxiety, what we do with that anxiety, what we do with it, shyness really is up to us as well. Whether we want to adhere to those social constructs and stay safe, quote unquote, or do we step out and say, hey, in spite of that, I want to challenge myself. In spite of that, I want to stand out. Dr. Joel, how much does self-consciousness 
mm-hmm. play into this idea of shyness? How much does it cause shyness? Because I remember, let's say, for myself growing up, I wouldn't say shyness is something that necessarily I learned or was taught to by, let's say, my parents because they are always like, do things outside of your comfort zone. Since I was a kid, they put me in taekwondo classes and and this and that where you have to interact with different kinds of people, different backgrounds, you have to do different things. Um, You know, I was always put in these kind of situations. But even as a kid, there was something I, I always felt self-conscious about. For example, even if it's something like um, playing games at a birthday party and it could be, you know, something like musical chairs or, you know, pass the parcel where when it comes to you, then, you know, if the music stops on you, then you might have to go and do a dance in front of everyone or, or do something silly in front of people. I, I was very, very self-conscious about these things. Mm. Um why is that so? What, what, where does my feeling of shyness in that sense develop mm. from? You said that you were very self-conscious because, you know, you, you having to perform, you having to step out there makes it so that you're very hyper-aware about yourself and right. what you're doing in relation to other people, right? And again, that's a very complex concept. And for that to be an inbuilt or ingrained kind of thing, it's, it's a nightly in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Again, if we dig deeper, the fundamental emotion we're talking about is anxiety, it's fear. Mm-hmm. So that one is more primal, fine, right? But this idea about self-conscious, you know, and if I ask you this question, Rashid, right? When was the first time you learned about self-consciousness? When was the last time you realized that, you know, what you do had repercussions or not? Whether or not you embarrass yourself or you 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 you, you paint yourself in glory, for example, and things like that. And I'm sure that someone had, or something or some experience that you had instilled the idea in you, right? Mm. So it's that awareness component, it's that choice component that we talked about earlier on, which really does amplify or diminish like, the idea of self-consciousness, like, right? Because we ask most like movie stars, singers, performers, and all that, and you ask them, do you feel shy? Do you feel self-conscious? I think the answer is more often than not, the answer is yes. Right. But in spite of that, what do you choose to do about it like, in that sense, right? So for you, I think we came from a learned experience. This came from right. somewhere, something, right? Because if you look, ask a two-year-old or three-year-old, and you ask them to perform and sing and dance and do whatever, most of the time, if they're around familiar people, people that they know, off they go. They don't care. Right? Right. There's no element of shyness in that sense. Yep. Right? But as they grow up, as they do this more and more, as they get more reactions or they're more aware about the different reactions from other people, that's when their self-consciousness starts building up and they start realizing, hey, what I do really does matter. People do judge me and evaluate me. Do I still want to do this or not? And I think that's where it develops. Then. Right. And what about low self-esteem? I think with self-esteem, it really is how you evaluate or how you you, you gauge yourself like, as a person, right. right? What parameters you use, whether in terms of looks, like you mentioned, uh, natural ability, uh, talent, whatever it is, that one is you know, up, for, up for discussion. But eventually, at the end of the day, self-esteem basically is your evaluation of yourself and how well you're doing in relation to other people like, mm-hmm. in that sense, right? So if you think about it from that context, then its contribution towards how shy a person is, it's a great big determinant in that sense. Naturally, if let's say, for example, I am a a more intellectual kind of guy, then in the realm of academics, I doubt that that person, I would be very shy in that sense because it's something that I put in, for example, and things like that. Um, you, for example, Dashan, you're someone who can, you know, talk the ears of someone, for example, right? And in terms of uh, being able to present yourself and right. speak in public, you know, not an issue, right? So mm-hmm. in terms of that, your shyness will be diminished, right? Yep. But if, let's say, I ask you to do something like, I don't know, um, artistic gymnastics, for example, or, or, or choreographed swimming, for example, and all that, and it's something you've never done before, then naturally, because of that, your self-esteem is going to drop, mm-hmm. and you're going to be a lot more embarrassed and shy to engage in those activities, right? 
So I think self-esteem plays a really big deal, a big role in that sense. Like how well do you perceive yourself? How well do you think you're going to do at something? And that will then help gauge on how shy or not you're going to be like that sense. Right. Now, you brought up something interesting, right? Mm. You said that um, for most of the time when it comes to children, especially very young children, two years old, three years old, um, you ask them to perform, jump around like a monkey, do mm. something silly. They are very happy happy to do so. Um, they're not thinking right. about it um, in that sense. They're not very self-conscious necessarily. Of course, um, some people might feel that way and that could be due to different learned behaviours. But as people ev- you know, grow up during um, puberty, um, during um, you know, their teenhood and, and things like that, um, the people start to feel a little bit more shy. W- would you agree? Um, I'm wondering how and if one's shyness evolves um, during puberty and throughout their adolescent period. So, um, from a psychological and a developmental perspective, right, uh, when someone is in around the teenage years, that's so about 15, 16, all the way to about 21, 22, that, that age range, right, that's when people are trying to find themselves, right? So, right. the early stages of your life, it's determined or it's defined by your family unit, right? So the people that you're close with, the family members that you have, and that's really your identity, right? I'm part of this uh, larger group. As we enter that teenage phase, that's where individuation happens. That means we're trying to find our own person, our own voice, and trying to separate ourselves from the group. And that's not to say that we're leaving the family or anything like that, no. But we're trying to find ourselves as individuals, right? So at that stage, I stopped being um, my father's son, for example, and become Joel, right? That's the individuation that happens. And then after that, the, the idea here is, or at least with normal development, once you hit the age of like, you know, mid-20s or early 30s and things like that, you found out who you are as a person and then you go be yourself, in that sense, right? So I think in that teenage phase, that's when shyness really ramps up because that also in, in a very interesting kind of way, as much as we want to individuate ourselves from our family members, that's also the time that we want to try and assimilate the most with the society, with people right. around us, like friends and deep things around us, right? Because we want to leave the family, but we want to be part of the people. We want to be part of the other people around us. Yeah, And I think that's what's going to amp up the shyness quite a bit because I want to be with these people, but I don't know whether I'm going to fit in. I don't know whether it's, they're going to accept me or not. Right, And because of that, that's going to ramp up that whole social acceptance factor. right, And then make me hesitate a bit more. Right, Do I go out with this bunch of people? Do I go out with that bunch of people? Do I go play with um, Magic the Gathering cards or am I opposed to going for club, nights out in the club, for example, or going to mama for drinks? What's the right choice for me? Where do I fit in the best? Right. Is that hesitance, is that question that really ramps up their shyness because I don't know if I fit in. And that's why also you see, you tend to see that with the older adults, like when you get to the age of 40s and 50s, they don't care. Right. <laughs> I'll do what I want to, right? Because it's not right. anymore. Because the idea or the need to fit in doesn't occur as uh, often like, in that sense because I'm more comfortable in my own skin. I know who I am, right? As opposed to a teenager who doesn't know. On the show with me today is Dr. Joel Lowe, clinical psychologist. After the break, I ask him the difference between shyness and introversion. Keep it here on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. The delicious ice-cold taste of Dr. Pepper has a lasting effect on people. Lindsay from Sacramento said, Pro tip, 40 degrees is the perfect temperature for an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Why is 40 degrees the perfect temperature for Dr. Pepper? We brought in Sue from Duluth, Minnesota to tell us. Oh yeah, I know a thing or two about cold. Oh, that right there is the perfect kind of ice cold for Dr. Pepper. Mm, I'd share that with my friend Nancy. She likes Dr. Pepper too, you know. My cold All right, that'll be all, Sue. Having a perfect temperature for your Dr. Pepper, it's a pepper thing. Inspired by real fan posts. 
Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashan Yuan and on the show with me today is clinical psychologist Dr. Joel Lowe. And we're talking about shyness, what causes it and how do we overcome it. Dr. Joel, you bring up an interesting point about the difference between um, young people, teenagers, compared to people who are much, much older. And I'm wondering if this ties into a lack of fear of judgment and rejection. Because when we are growing up, you know, even like myself, um, I would, you know, always worry about, you know, my how my hair is in relation to others. Um, if what I'm wearing, uh, how does it look like in relation to others? Um, you know, if if the phone that I'm using is cool enough, you know, all these these types of things. But now I'm at, at the point where I frankly do not really care that much. You know, if I have a particular sense of fashion or lack thereof, I'm just comfortable being that way. Um, I don't really care what car I drive compared to others. I don't really care what phone I have compared to others. All these sorts of material things, I, I don't really care how it is in in, re- in relation to other people. Um and then when we look at people who are much, much older than that, right? Um, you know, let's say the uncle and auntie, grandfather, grandmother, Tai Chi gang. You know, they seem to care even less about what people think, about how they dress, about whether they are talking so loudly. You know, they might be very loud in a, in a, in a public space, whether it's a restaurant or a, or a bus, for example. They're not feeling shy. Um, what's the difference here? I, I think let's carry this. Uh, not all uncles and aunties are there. Uh, <laughs> not all, uh, or at least the ones that stick out the most in our memory is because they're so loud. Uh, right? That's right, what right. Aware, right? <laughs> um, Honestly, no, I don't think it's a, 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 a diminished ability to realize that people are judging them. I don't think right. it's that. I think it's more about perspectives and what we want to do with them. Right. I don't think that any you know self-aware, um, uh, uh, sound of mind adult will ever be not aware that they're being evaluated or judged by other people. I think that's something that's just constantly in the back of our head. Right. Stuff, right? I think what happens is that as we get older, the perspectives change, how important that is changes, right? So like the example they use as a teenager, as a young adult, it's important what we wear, what car we drive, what kind of phone we use, because that's our social status. It shows us how much we can be assimilated or accepted by society, right? That's the perspective that we had. That's the most important thing, right? But as we get older, we realize that, hey, you accept me or not, that's your problem, not mine, right? It doesn't change the fact that I'm still being evaluated and judged is still there. But what changes is whether or not how important that is to me. Right. right. And I can give you a really good example of this, right? You know how when, uh, like, come on. Okay. So he had a yes. song about going to thrift shops and shopping yes. in thrift shops and you yes. this thing, uh, people who buy branded shirts and t-shirts and yes. things like that. And suddenly you saw this wave of people who were, uh, who were suing or, or turning away branded goods. To, to shop at thrift shops to yep. wear old ugly clothes and old clothes and retro clothes and things yes. like that, right? And that was considered cool. So if you talk about, you know, thinking about what we wear, the the popular or the, the widely accepted idea is that we want to wear the most expensive things that we have. And suddenly this cultural change happens and everyone starts going to thrift shops and everyone goes, what's going on, right? So that's a really good example of what I mean. It's really about perspectives and what's important to you or what you deem is important for you at that moment, at that time, right? Mm. Um, so I think that's why the older uncles and aunties, they, they, it's not that they don't, not, they, they don't think they're being judged. I think they are. It's just that they don't care as much, right? right. They've done what they need to do and I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Up with that, really. Right, right. So, Dr. Joel, now many studies, right, have shown that about 40 to 50% of American adults consider themselves shy. 
In mm. Japan, um, it's about 60%. And then when we go to Israel, it's only about 30%. I'm wondering oh. if this idea of shyness differs from culture to culture, from country to country. I wouldn't be surprised if it, that it is. Um, I'm not too familiar with Israel, so I can't say too much about the yeah. culture there. I'm actually quite surprised to hear that America's uh, shyness levels of people, not people who describe themselves as shy, is so high because in most uh, Western civilizations, Western cultures, they are stereotypically known as being more forward, more assertive, right. more open, and things like that. So the fact that it's so high is actually quite surprising. Um, Japan being on the higher end, 60%, I think that's quite expected. I would think most Asian cultures are more collectivistic, don't stand out, and don't be part of the group in that sense. And you can see how that shyness would definitely uh, play a big role in uh, enhancing that luck in that sense, right? Because the more shy reserved I am, the more likely I'm going to stay in that um, collective good luck, well, for, for the collective good, sorry. And then it's a helpful thing, right? In America, that's quite surprising, actually. Um I think generally speaking, there would be a difference, of course. I think, like I said, stereotypically, most Western cultures would be described as more forward, more assertive, right. and shy. And the Eastern cultures were more collectivistic, uh, the opposite line in that sense. Right? Israel is quite interesting. 30% is quite low. And I'm quite wondering why that happens. Um, perhaps it's the way they live their lives, because I think with Israel, there's this whole long political history of war and fighting and things like that. Could that be a factor? I don't know. Right. And also this idea of uh, shyness that they're measuring, I wonder what they're measuring as well. Um, you know, because sometimes I think shyness can also be um, misconstrued or, or lapped in together like, with the whole idea of self-esteem and perception. Then maybe that's why it changes a little bit as well. So I'm not entirely sure about that part. Right. And what about advancement in, in technology, um, Dr. Mm. Joel? Because, you know, at, at one point, um, everyone... If you if you wanted to talk to people, you you have to you know go outside. You have to interact with your friends and and so on and so forth. As the years um you know have have gone by, um these days most people, especially people who are Gen Z, um you know beyond Gen Z and and so so on and so forth, they live their lives mostly on social media and and whatnot. I'm wondering if this advancement in technology has made people more shy in in-person situations, broadly speaking. Yeah, and I really like how you you, you differentiated between the two, like in-person and also online personas. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you're online, uh, being able to hide behind the screen and the avatar and the screen name, for example, it's a really great big help in terms of diminishing the shyness. Because right. if you do say something, you know, untoward or silly or crazy or whatever it is, what's the worst that happened, right? You just change your avatar, change your, your screen name and off you go again, right? And I think that really allows people to not adhere towards their shyness and just be whoever and whatever they they, they, they can be, they want to be, right? Which is great in, in that sense. Like, because I think a lot of times people let that shyness hold them back, right? And I think that's why you see so many more different kind of interest group, uh, activity groups out there, which is a fantastic thing. Now, in terms of the in-person shyness, I think it definitely does uh, contribute towards a greater level of shyness right? when, when you're out in the, about with uh, actual people or in-person uh, meeting and stuff. I think that happens because when you're online most of the time, you don't practice that muscle. You don't practice that don't be shy muscle too much because you're not shy online because there's very little um, impact in that sense. But when you're out there, when you're interacting with people in person, suddenly it's a lot more critical. It's a lot more uh, important. And also you can't run away from that situation right. as well, isn't it? 
online, what's the worst that happened? Close your laptop, turn on your phone, <laughs> you're, not, right. you're not shy anymore, right? But when you're with people, you can't escape, right? You, I mean, you can, but that only adds to that shyness level in that sense. So I think social media definitely has played a big role in that fact. Because when you are speaking to someone in person, you're front and center, you are unfiltered, you are, there's no level of protection in that sense. You really are just facing them and being there to be evaluated and judged if that's the case. That's what's going on. So definitely, I think so. Right. Now, one thing that people I may, you know, I think often sort of misconstrue or sort of um, overlap is this idea of um, introverts, right? Um, but I'm wondering, Dr. Joel, if there's a difference um, between um, being shy, like as you've defined and as we've discussed, versus, you know, being an introvert. Is there a difference? Introverts differ in the sense that they don't have an issue so much being with people, being uh, interacting with people and all that. But they're not as shy. I think that exists to a certain level. But the intention there or the, the desire or the ability to interact with people is there for introverts. It's just that they don't thrive in those situations. Right. So every now and then after they've spent a significant amount of time being with uh, people and interacting with people in person, for example, then they need to sort of kind of um, recharge their battery, so to speak. Right? So those are the introverts in that sense. So it's different in the sense that introverted people are not shy necessarily. I mean, they can be, but they don't have to be exclusively shy. It's just that, you know, they gain a lot more power and energy from being on by themselves, right? Right. Can they interact with other people? Yeah, no issue at all. No mm-hmm. problem at all, right? Uh, in most cases. It's just that their preference is that they have more one-on-one time or quiet time by themselves or with smaller groups of people. So that's the difference. Shy means that, you know, you are... Uh, overcome by the anxiety and fear that you're being judged and evaluated. Therefore, I don't engage. Introverted people are fine, not an issue. They can be shy or not. That doesn't matter. But they can and they will interact with people. So that the fear and anxiety is not so much uh, evident. And on the flip side, can extroverted people be shy as well? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't see why not, right? So you do see a lot of people who are extroverted who amongst their, their, their in-group, right? So that means in their family, in their uh, school unit, class unit, for example, university, fantastic, you know, confident, brave, uh, extroverted, like you said, charismatic and all that. But put them in a, city, a room of 100 people where they don't know anyone and it's completely strangers, completely strangers. You sometimes do see extroverts who struggle, like, in that sense. Like, it takes time for them to build up the momentum, their connection with people before the natural extrovertedness would then uh, come to the fore, like, right? Does that happen as often? Probably not, but it can happen, uh, definitely. You know? All right, before we wrap this conversation up, Dr. Joel, I'd also like to spend a little bit of time to talk about overcoming um, shyness. So what do people have to keep in mind? How do they overcome shyness? So I think it's a really good question. Right? And I think the thing about shyness is that people need to remember, like I said earlier on, it's a matter of perspective and choices, right? Anxiety and fear, yes, that's the primal emotions. And that's what we feel most when we are in a shy, quote-unquote, shy condition, uh, situation, right? Um, but ultimately from there, once you feel the anxiety, once you feel that fear, once you are shy, you then get to decide what perspectives are going to take, number one, and then what choice do you want to take after that, Right. So if you want to overcome your shyness, I think the first thing that you can do is to keep putting yourself in situations where you do feel shy, right? whether it's performing, whether it's singing, whether it's a public speak, uh, uh, speech, sorry, whether it's interacting with people that you don't know, for example. Keep putting yourself in that situation because the more you put yourself in those situations, the more you, uh, your perspective changes about it. Right? It's almost like um, riding a, uh, driving a car. 
the first time you drive a car, it's so overwhelming, isn't it? You've got the steering wheel, you've got the hand signals, you've got the brakes, you've got the clutch, you've got the mirrors at the back and all that kind of things, right? And when the first couple of times you jump in the car, it's just so nerve-wracking, so anxiety-provoking. Fast forward five years, ten years later, you can eat up one, make up one, watch a show. <laughs> like, you know, I'm saying you should, or it's, you should, yeah, don't do that. It's dangerous. <laughs> but the point is that you can, right? Yeah. Because it's suddenly you've been in the need so often that it becomes second nature to you, right? right. Same goes if you put yourself into more and more uh, sh- quote unquote shy situations, your perspective body changes from something that is so nerve wracking and so um, all encompassing to something that hey, it's unpleasant, but I'm, I'm can deal with it, no issues, right? That's the first thing they can do. Second thing that I said this now, um, the, the being shy or not being shy, I suppose, is actually like a muscle you need to work, you need to practice, right? So it's one thing to put yourself in a situation. The next thing you need to do is to make good choices. About right. It, right. If you put yourself in a social situation and you just climb up like a, like, climb up like a climb, I suppose, and not speak to anyone, then what's the point? There's nothing that to be done. There's nothing to change like, in that sense, right? But if you put yourself in those situations, choose to interact, choose to engage, choose to perform, choose to put yourself in situations where you have to do something like that. So you have to engage, right? And the more you do that, the more you practice, the better you get at it. Again, same like driving a car. If you learn how to drive a car, get your license and never drive again for the next 10 years, and ask you to drive again, it's going to be like day one, right? There's no right. difference as opposed to someone who's been driving every single day like that, right? Mm-hmm. So keep practicing and keep doing it, like keep engaging. And then over time, you see that the shyness will diminish. Will it ever go away? No, I don't think so. Because again, it's something that we are taught from a young age. It's something that's ingrained into ourselves. And it's a cultural thing as well. Society tells you that you need to be shy. That's why we don't wear like, you know, funny clothes and things like that, right? But at the end of the day, it's something that you can overcome. It's something that you can uh, take charge of. In spite of my shyness, I still interact. In spite of my shyness, I still, you know, come on this show and talk to you, for example, Dashran. Even though I'm like, maybe a bit hesitant, for example, right? Mm And that's what we can do to make things better, I think. On that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Joel. No worries. Thanks for your time, Dasha. Thank you for having me as well. That was Dr. Joel Lowe. He's a clinical psychologist. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashran Johan, and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.